Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals, where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek, also interviews with special guests, and a few little surprises along the way. The show proper is on leave currently, as we've switched the focus of our mission to bringing you live recaps of Star Trek Discovery through our new show, Discoverage, which airs on Sunday nights after Discovery streams on CBS All Access. But that doesn't mean we can't continue to bring you news about the new show and from the Trek sphere at large, and since that's what we're here to do, Let's get underway. If you didn't know, Star Trek is back on TV on CBS All Access in the form of Star Trek Discovery. Of course you know that. Give me a break. Everything is Discovery all the time. You try writing these intros every week. <sighs> okay. So, you know Star Trek's back, and last Sunday's episode featured several firsts for the series. It was the first time that we saw Rain Wilson take up the role of original series character Harcourt Fenton Mudd, interplanetary trickster and... White slaver, I guess? No, no, Mud's women were, they were contractors. They were just getting paid in hunky minor dudes and beauty drugs. The real housewives of Rigel 12. Mud hasn't quite yet graduated to transporting human cargo when we meet him in the fifth episode of Discovery, Choose Your Pain. And interestingly, he seems to have a wealth of affection still for his wife, Stella, who appears of course, later or earlier, however that works, in nagging stereotype form in the original series episode I, Mud. I, uh, I, I cheated a little. I went to IMDb to see if Stella is listed as a character and slated to appear in any future episodes, and I came up empty. But IMDb.com doesn't always tell the full tale of a show. More on that in a bit. Chooser Payne also featured a first by portraying Trek's first on-screen gay couple in Lieutenant Stemetz, played by Anthony Rapp, and Dr. Culber, played by Wilson Cruz. The two discussed their characters, the two actors, of course, and their relationship at a Discovery panel at New York City Comic Con two weeks back. Cruz called Rapp his space boo <laughs> and said the two actors have been friends since they were on Broadway together 20 years ago. I'm assuming they were in Rent together, as Rapp, of course, played Mark in the original cast, and Cruz joined the show in 98 in the role of Angel, and other than that, I don't know anything about the show. Hmm, what's the world's most popular sugar-free beverage? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Cruz called for more LGBTQ representation and entertainment during the panel, saying, quote, These stories we tell are really important, so that people understand who we are, what our lives are like, and perhaps they will understand us and not hate us, end quote. Yeah, yeah, make it so, for sure. Rap highlighted the fact that the character's orientation was immaterial to their function on the show, and he praised their portrayal as, quote, alive, truthful, and human, end quote. And they're brushing their teeth. That's like a super relatable thing to do. But man, you're telling me we're still going to have to brush our teeth in the future? No one's discovered a, a dentic yet? Never swallow the dentic. It's also interesting to point out that Cruz is only the second Latinx main character in Star Trek history after Voyager's Bolana Torres, played by Roxanne Dawson. So, you know, room to grow still, but this is a great start. 
Another Trek first was reached on last Sunday's episode, one that not everyone is quite so excited about. We've known for months that the show would have a TVMA rating, and because it's not on a broadcast network, the production would have more latitude in how it fields adult content. We got some of that content in Choose Your Pain when Cadet Tilly describes the science behind Discovery's spore drive as effin' cool. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, what she said was, get ready, so effing cool. Wow, I did not know what I was getting myself into a few supplemental shows back when I called out Tilly's use of the slang term cool. She took that to f***ing 11. Fans seem divided online about Discovery boldly f***ing going into new sweratory, with some praising the show stretching its adult legs, and some complaining that that kind of language just does not fit the f***ing tone of this f***ing show. For me, it's a question of verisimilitude. For 50 minutes, I'm going to sit there and believe that faster than light travel is actually possible, that the galaxy is, is filled with strange life, and that language is incapable of breaking the PG-13 barrier. Now that we've crossed this line, it just seems like it should happen all the time, right? I mean, Arrested Development jumped to Netflix, and they still bleeped the swear words because, you know, that's their show. That's their verisimilitude. I made this joke on an earlier episode, but Lorca's catchphrase should absolutely be make it f***ing so now, if these are the rules. You know, it's a great thing to add characters like Stemets and Culbert to Trek and show people not only how diverse the universe is, but just how diverse our own streets and neighborhoods are. But fuck, Trek's all grown up now. We all live in a post-Game of Thrones TV landscape. Actually, it should be to go f***ing boldly, otherwise it's a split infinitive. Finally, the first I've been thirsting to talk to you about. You guys, seriously, please write these transitions for me. Shazad Latif joined the crew and show last night as Lieutenant Abs Brockhard or, or Brock Laserface or whatever. Uh, Ash Tyler. So close. Uh, Captain Lorca meets and rescues Tyler when he finds him imprisoned with Harry Mud on a Klingon cruiser. Tyler is a security officer, and hey, look at that. We just lost one of those when Commander Landry got turned into cold cuts. So take that help wanted sign out of the window. The actor told media outlet Digital Spy recently that no character is safe on the show, saying, quote, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? No, just kidding. Uh, quote, you keep the audience on tenterhooks. You never know. You want to build these relationships with these characters, and it just makes it all the more heartbreaking when they go. I mean, yeah, I think you're never safe. End quote. <laughs> yeah. Shazad was originally cast as a Klingon in the series, but when the role of Tyler came up, he was asked to audition. Says Latif, quote, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango. No kidding again quote i just jumped at the chance really and obviously there's less time with prosthetics so you get a bit more sleep playing an alien would have been a great thing to experience i would have liked to have known what that's like but i'm happy with tyler i'm sure you'll enjoy him end quote <laughs> oh liar i'm gonna blow the lid off this thing nice puffy piece digital spy if that really is your name but there is a rumor going around the internet that shazad latif who was originally slated to play the Klingon character Cole, is the actor who plays Valk. Some explanation might be needed here. It was originally announced a while back, and we reported it on this very program that Latif would be playing a character named Cole, a Klingon who was described as Takuvma's protege. That character was later renamed Valk, while Cole became the name of another Klingon, who was a rival of Valk, played by actor Kenneth Mitchell. Latif was recast as Tyler, and the role of Valk went to a man named Javid Iqbal, 
who doesn't exist. Seriously, this is his. You know, I'm assuming it's him. Uh, it's a guy. Um, this is his only IMDb credit, and all of the pictures on his IMDb page are of him in costume as Valk. This is not what an actor does. If this guy was some wunderkind actor who who swept in and he got the main villain role in the triumphant return of Trek to TV, you would know this guy's face. Digital Spy would be doing an article on this guy. As a point of comparison, Oyen Oladejo, who plays Lieutenant Oesikun, is making her TV debut on Discovery. And yeah, big headshot on her IMDb page. This is how it works. Iqbal, if that's really his name, has no social media presence either. Another red flag for a working actor on a buzzy show. He's not listed in the opening credits of the show, which would tell you something because there are a million rules about who you feature in the credits in what order. That's all worked out with agents and you know with the union. So that's a big red flag. And Latif, despite supposedly debuting in the fifth episode of Discovery, has been featured in the credits since the pilot. So the question is, why? Why is this subterfuge being perpetrated? Digital Spy, despite the promise of intelligence suggested by its name, is no help. The reigning theory is, spoilers I guess for speculation, Tyler is Volk. He's turned himself human somehow, presumably to be a non-digital spy aboard Discovery. There's some precedent for this, I guess, in the uh, already established, you know, augment virus storyline in Enterprise. And also, you know, Starfleet crew members, they're always receiving cosmetic modifications to appear as other aliens. And Takuma did say it was going to be a struggle for them to, quote-unquote, remain Klingon. But is this all part of the solution that the producers of the show have promised us about how the Klingons can go from extra lumpy to William Campbell's racist Halloween costume in just 10 years? I don't know, but it's an excuse for me to play this drop. You shut the f*** up, Clem Fandango! And you made up name. And we just couldn't have a supplemental show without checking in on my favorite Star Trek Discovery star, leathery unicorn Jason Isaacs, in our segment. Isaacs Antics. The actor who plays Captain Lorca on Star Trek Discovery behaved himself, mostly, at the New York City Comic-Con panel for the show, even playing along when actress Michelle Yeoh, who was not scheduled to appear on the panel, made a surprise appearance and told Isaacs, in the guise of her character Captain Giorgio, to look after Michael Burnham or she'd, quote, kick his ass, end quote. <laughs> I'm sure he was smiling, but, you know, he was just thumbing a switchblade in the pocket of his slacks. Your time is coming. Well, after the panel, there was a press conference. After? After the panel? Okay, well, anyway, uh, at that press conference, he said, after his experience with Harry Potter, he's used to concerned fans on social media flipping out. But he's got no time for racism or sexism. Says Isaacs, quote, there's also, sorry, there's also a bunch of people who are upset that there's woman lead, or that there's a woman of color lead, or that there's a diverse platform, and we've got a bunch of from every gender and sexuality and stuff. And those people can go f*** themselves. Now we know where Tilly gets it from. Anyway, I know we're in good hands with Isaacs at the metaphorical helm of this ship. Lorca is a different story. And haters are on notice that they can fall in line or expect a kiss from a blade. Figuratively speaking, of course. 
A statue of Anton Yelchin was unveiled at a life celebration service honoring the late actor's life last Sunday at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yelchin was killed in June of last year at age 27 by his sport utility vehicle after it rolled down the driveway of his home. Huge loss, still missed. Trek film co-star Zoe Saldana spoke about Yelchin during the service, as did his parents, and the event was attended by Yelchin's friends and co-workers, such as Jennifer Lawrence, Simon Pegg, Emil Hirsch, and J.J. Abrams. They also had <laughs> pictures of Anton as a baby uh, and as a kid and from his film career, and a mural that was created by fans from a recent Star Trek convention. The bronze statue of Yelchin is now available for public viewing in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery's Garden of Legends, uh, and it was created by sculptor Nick Mara and FX artist Greg Nicotero. Whew, miss you, Anton. Um, but I'm wondering if you can be super awesome and be a great actor and still make me happy when I get to see the films that you blessed us with. I can do that. Thanks, buddy. Hey. We like Star Trek novels here on the show, and we like Star Trek Discovery, and we've spent a lot of time hawking desperate hours, so let's start talking about Drastic Measures. Drastic Measures is the second official Star Trek Discovery tie-in novel written by friend of the show and former Enterprising Individuals guest, Dayton Ward. Drastic Measures is set 10 years before the show, which is set 10 years before the original series. Okay, I got it. And we see Lieutenant Commander Lorca, yeah, and Commander Giorgio, yeah, respond to a crisis on the Federation colony, Tarsus IV. Tap, tap. Is this on? Why did I say tap, tap? Yeah, we're getting Kodos the Executioner in a Discovery novel, and maybe, just maybe, a young Kevin Riley and some guy named James T. Kirk. Maybe... Don't ask Dayton Ward. He's not going to tell you anything. But you can pre-order the book for yourself on Amazon. Link in the show notes. It goes on sale February 6th of next year. Check it out. Drastic Measures, Dayton Ward, Lieutenant Commander Lorca, Kodos the Executioner. Like Cadet Tilly would say, so effing cool. Our top comment this week on social media comes in a roundabout way from my personal Facebook feed where listener Andrew Troth asked the heavens, quote, can anyone recommend a good Star Trek Discovery recap discussion podcast? Because I've just caught up on The Greatest Discovery, and I hate it. End quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, the uh, Greatest Gen guys are an acquired taste. Uh, Troth went on to clarify that he was looking for a show that, quote, wasn't obsessed with nipples and Tom Clancy movies and doesn't express rampant disdain for the original Star Trek series. End quote. Yeah, that's a, that's a deal breaker for sure. I suggested to Andrew that he check out Discoverage, our Discovery recap show, and he replied, quote, this is so much better, thank you, end quote. You're welcome. It's fun to do. I'm glad we could be your specific remedy in this case. And if you like the show, please observe the second general order of podcasting, which is tell a friend. If you like the show, chances are good someone you like will like it as well. So get the word out. So thanks for your comment, Andrew. You win an aged cask of Clancy brand Romulan Ale, truly the sum of all beers. Remember, listeners, you can inquire of the firmament and maybe have your comment read on the air. Just go to facebook.com forward slash EISTpod or find us at at EISTpod on Twitter or through our social media links on enterprisingindividuals.com. You can also reach the show at EISTpod at gmail.com with feedback and suggestions or to just say hello. We're waiting to receive your transmission. Well, we're back again this Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Central Time for another live episode of Discoverage, right after Star Trek Discovery ends. The episode this week is entitled Lethe and Mia Culpa. 
Uh, I mean, um, my fault, not like the title is Lethe and Mia Culpa, although that'd be interesting. Um, when I watched it, I think they're doing a different thing now. Usually the last 30 seconds is a tease for next time. Now they just run the credits out, which again, you know, might be a union thing. It's probably a better idea. And then a separate uh, preview loads. So I didn't actually see the preview for this week's episode of this week coming up for last week. You get the idea. I have seen it now and it looks pretty good. Um, there's Sarek is back. Uh, Burnham is doing stuff with Vulcans and we're going to explore that part of her. So that looks pretty cool. Here's something else that I missed too. And it's it's my fault. But Lethe, uh, in addition to being the river of forgetfulness in Greek mythology, is a name of a very minor character. So I'm hoping I can be forgiven in one of my favorite episodes, whoops, can't be forgiven, Dagger of the Mind from the original series. She's like one of the people in the uh, facility who's being rehabilitated. Now, I don't, there's some speculation on the internet that that's going to have something to do with something. I mean, maybe Lethe will, who was described as being pretty bad before she uh, was sort of re-educated, um, maybe she'll feature in this episode. Kind of got my fingers crossed because I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, but we'll see. But anyway, uh, we'll have our coverage of that. Tune in to listen to us live. And if you do, you can tweet at us using the hashtag Discoverage during the show and be part of the conversation. If you can't catch it live, the Discovered shows are always available in our usual podcast feed. And after you're done listening to that, why not check out our Patreon page where you too can become a crew member for the show. If you go to patreon.com forward slash EISTpod, you can sign up to receive exclusive subscriber content for as little as $1 a month. That content includes my DS9 recap episodes and my Klingon Christmas Carol rehearsal diary, which will be posted finally this week. Speaking of Klingon Christmas Carol, uh, it has been quite an effort to do it. So much of an effort that I have not been able to diarize, that's not a term, uh, chronicle, let's say, uh, in the Samuel Pepys fashion, uh, the actual work we're doing. But it, it's a fun show, it's an exciting show, and I'm going to have those diaries up this week, along with my DS9 recaps, where I go back and watch the entirety of DS9, and those episodes are a 10 to 15 minute little look at the particular episode that we're on. All that's available, plus our live show from Convergence 2017 and upcoming live shows, all of that available at patreon.com forward slash EIST pod. As always, anything you can contribute would be appreciated and would help keep us flying. Thanks. And that's it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an Apple Podcast listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you're subscribed to the show. Also, write us a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating at the very least. We'd appreciate it. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get the show from. And if you leave positive comments and ratings on those platforms as well, we'd be eternally grateful. And as always, if you love the show, tell a friend. That's it for this week's supplemental episode. We'll be back soon with more news and tidbits from the world of Trek. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban signing off and saying, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.